How do you like us now? Ladies and gentlemen, it's January 18, 2023. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's Pro Wrestling Unscripted right here on the Podzilla 1985 Network. My name is Shannon Young. I am the um, co-creator of Podzilla 1985. Fuck you, Cody. Cody messed you up, man. Oh, he, made he me, messed you up. Makes me so mad. <laughs> With me, of course, we have Double H, the original CCW general manager, former host of The Fix on Real Rock 99.3, uh, and the host of The Inquest on Podzilla 1985. The Fix, which no longer exists, which I'm constantly reminded of by Facebook. It's very sad. <laughs> I turned that show over to Jeremy when I left. He updated it for about two months, and then the page now still says The Fix with Jeremy Shane. He's not even there anymore. Wow. Uh, I don't know what they do with them. Something with, with Darren Bergfeld. I wish I had control of that of that uh, page still. Yeah. I just set it the old thing and just archive it. Yeah, kind of makes turned it over to him. Well, it makes, you, you know, I'm curious if they're still doing the Babe of the Day over there on Real Rock. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I'm oh. more curious about what Uncle Coffo was up to. <laughs> I I wanted to know who the guy was Kirby <laughs> that was going through the different message boards and and you know uh, uh, whatever wherever people go to look at half naked women Kirby and was putting that on there. You know, whoever that was Kirby. <laughs> so. I can't imagine who it might be, Kirby. Kirby. All right. Well, now that we're a foot ahead here, let's <laughs> let's talk about professional wrestling, and that yes. that that's what we're doing here tonight. And we'll we'll start off with uh, a reason why we're doing this. So normally, over there on nerdiest part of the ring, which we found out today is still a podcast. That is correct. We're happy about that. Um, yes. Asa and Dalton are good friends. They start every show with the power of positivity. They like to talk about the things that they love in professional wrestling that week. Here on our show, we, uh, we're the originators, so we do the opposite. Of course, we're counterculture. Right. We talk yes. about the things we hate most in wrestling this week. However, this week, for one week only, we're going to switch that up. As, as you yes. probably heard yesterday, uh, Jay Briscoe, one half of the fantastic Briscoe brothers, uh, Dim Boys, um, fantastic, oh, yeah. fantastic tag team wrestler passed away in a car accident. And we're going to talk about that story a little bit later. Um, it, it's extremely sad and the circumstances surrounding it are even sadder when you deep dive into it and you find out what's happened, right. it, it gets even worse. So because of that, we, Hunter and I decided this week, we're actually going to talk about something we loved in professional wrestling. And I've actually got two, I've got two things. Okay. For power positivity to bring a smile to people's faces, and I don't know if it's fair, so I want you to do yours first to make sure I don't take either of yours if you're okay with that, and then I will tell yeah, you what my two that. are. Yeah, my mine's not one that's just like super over the top, um, but this, it, and in fact, it's something that a lot of people would say is something they hated, and I'll explain why, and then why it's not so bothersome to me why I actually liked it. Um, this week on on Monday Night Raw, it was announced that officially that Cody Rhodes is returning at the Royal Rumble. Um, not only that he's returning there, but he's going to be in the Rumble match. This was rumored way back when he was injured because the timeline kind of matched up that he might be back in the Rumble, but it is official. Uh, they did that via promo talking about building him back in and all that. Uh, and we're not too far off from the Rumble. It's not no. this weekend, but the next. If next I weekend. That same night as yeah. same night as CCW One Night Riot. A That's uh, right. S- similar but legally, legally distinct. distinct from yeah. <laughs> 
So a, a lot of people, uh, I don't know that they hated this, but a lot of people were critical of the way they handled this because, oh, you couldn't just keep it a surprise? Like, it's less, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just over a week away. You could not keep it a surprise. Why wouldn't you keep Cody's return a surprise? To which I say, I hear what you're saying, but if that's, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm hedging my bets on this, but if that's what they're announcing, imagine what they're not telling you. Yeah. That's what I'm hopeful for. That, I've heard that. that. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that that if Cody is is not even if they're not holding him back as a surprise, they're probably holding back even better surprises than that. They want you to know that Cody's coming. And so. I th- honestly, I don't have a problem with them announcing Cody in general because I think it fits Cody's story that instead of him right. coming back surprised, he wants you to know he's coming. You know, he's so confident in his abilities. I mean, this is Cody fucking well, Rhodes mean, we're talking about. Right, and, and and we're talking about something that in less than a year, he's already had one major surprise return to WWE. That's what right. WrestleMania was. Even though, yes, people very much rumored and theorized that he was coming, there was no guarantee of it until the music hit, the lights came on, the Cody Vader came Cody up, Vader. And, yeah. and, he, and he came out for his match with Rollins. So, you know, he's been away for a while. A lot has been made about his, his return, and is he going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns? for one or both belts or whatever. Uh, I'm just glad to know that we're going to, we're going to have some version of that. Cody deserves uh, some, some, you know, build up heading into this. And I think the rumble is a good place to do it. And I think knowing that he's going to be there even builds more anticipation. Okay. Well, when's he coming out? What's his number? We, we may not even see him again until that show. Right. I thought it was cool. That's just me. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, Like I said, I'm, I'm personally glad that they announced it. I, I think it adds, a layer to the to the nuance of, of Cody Rhodes, yeah. but I the only the only thing I'm worried about is I don't want to get my hopes up too much about the surprise because then there yeah. won't be one. Then it'll be I forget which WrestleMania it was where there was like no surprise entrance, no no one really came back from the past. It was just the people Man, they have I, now, and it's like I don't oh. remember off the top of my head who showed up at it, but I'll tell you. So my wife I got married in 2011. And in 2012, my groomsman gift to Jake and Aaron, who were the, the my groomsman at the wedding, was we went to the Rumble because it was in St. Louis. So I bought tickets. All three of us went. Um, and, I mean, we were like nosebleed, but it was the Rumble. Like, it's everybody's favorite pay-per-view. It's what we wanted to go see. It's in St. Louis, you know. Yeah. Uh, Aaron was living in St. Louis at the time, so that was even better. He basically just met us there and walked over to the arena with us. Uh, Don't do that because they'll harass you in front of that place. <laughs> <laughs> so... So we're at the Rumble. We're all super excited. The matches are, are fine. I remember, like, I think it was uh, Punk and Dolph Ziggler had a really good match for for one of the World Heavyweight titles at the time, whichever one Punk had. Um, and that ended up being the match of the night because it was such a boring, disappointing Rumble. <laughs> I know in I know in 2023 it's practically blasphemous to say I can't believe Sheamus won. But when he won in 2012, we were all just kind of like... Okay. Uh, who gives a shit? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He beat Jericho, and I think people were more excited to see Jericho win it. Uh, right. There weren't really any, like I said, big surprises. I think Mick Foley was in it, weirdly. Um, I, it was just a weird year, man. And whoever it was who came out last, I remember us all kind of going, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and then Seamus won. And the whole way back, Aaron, who had had a couple of drinks while we were there, cost a, him fan. a small fortune. Yeah. <laughs> the whole way back, he just kept going. Fucking Seamus. Like, that's all he could say. <laughs> well, fella. Again, I get, like, like now, you know, that seems crazy because we all love Seamus. He's in this huge career renaissance. It's not like Seamus was ever bad. No. But I do think people forget that there was that that time frame where, you well, know, Grant Yorton and Seamus was the meme, right? Yeah. Like, they were fighting on every show. Yeah. It was the same match all the time, and it was a perfectly cromulent match. <laughs> like, I just, I, 
at that time, I remember thinking, ah, okay. To me. I need more. The Rumble at this point is all about the surprises because I'll tell you, the Rumble was sure. was my favorite uh, pay per view because it was so different until I right. was until I was old enough to understand that wrestling was scripted. When, when <laughs> and I, nobody was going to win it at random, right? Exactly. When I realized yeah. that you know the Brooklyn Brawler wasn't didn't have a chance of winning this thing, Carlito wasn't taking home the big yeah. win that night. When I realized that it was scripted and they clearly had a winner designed, it stopped being right. so fun because you knew it's like you know when I was a kid, I was a big you know like Shawn Michaels fan. Shawn Michaels in the Rumble. Yeah. Shawn Michaels at the time is not going to win the Royal Rumble. He he wasn't right. in that main event status yet. Um, nowadays, you could look at somebody like, you know, I don't know, Finn Balor. Finn Balor's probably not going to win the Rumble. Um, right. They have a set number of stars that are only, you know, capable of winning. Like this year, I would say uh, Brock Lesnar is obviously one of them. Please, God, Always don't do it again. Yeah. Uh, actually, Finn Balor is a potential winner, I would say. But it's more than likely it would be like Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes. Like Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes more than likely sure. will win it. So you know, you you yeah. once you see those guys that you can clearly tell they're pushing, uh, it, it makes right. the rumble a lot less fun because at that point you're just watching like, slow plotting wrestling because they don't do anything because there's 20 guys in the ring, right? And they got to be out there for like an hour. Right. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Kofi Kingston, but Kofi's not going to win it again. It's not going to happen again. That's not going to be the case. Yeah, like. Austin Theory is not going to win the Royal Rumble. No matter how much these guys are pumped up on TV, you just you have a pretty good inkling going into it. And it's also kind of a lose-lose in that situation because you don't really want him to win either. Again, Sheamus was not really an odds-on favorite in 2012, but then he did win, and we all kind of went, oh. Boo. Eh. Get better yeah, wrestlers. Like, who cares? I think that was the one where he, he went on to beat Daniel Bryan in like 30 seconds or whatever 17. it was WrestleMania. Was it 17? 17, oh, but I'll never God. forget it, so... A uh, bunch of very weird booking decisions around that time. Fucking Daniel Bryan, he turns around. And I think he kisses. What was her name? AJ turns AJ. around. Uh, bro, kick. That's it. One, two, three. It's over. That's it. Done. Um. Yeah. The so. shoe kick. It still bothers me. The thing that's called the bro kick. By the way, the bro kick. The sh- it's the shoe kick. It's the shoe. The shoe kick. <laughs> it's the shoe kick. <laughs> Come on, man. That's what it is, and that's what it does. Brogues. Yeah. Like. Uh, my favorite thing. I got two favorite things this week. Anyway, number one, and I'm gonna have Cody help me out with this. Cody, tell him what my number uh, two is, real quick. How do you like us now? Okay, Hunter, you couldn't hear that, but for the crowd at home listening, right? Uh, Cody hit us with the "How do you like us now?" because one of my favorite <laughs> things in wrestling—that was from last night's show, by the way. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? We've been on this Bob Holly kick where we just keep <laughs> saying "How do you like me now?" and it is—it is the most fun. <laughs> We we occasionally will the group will get in just these little moods where we just pick one thing and just beat it to death. Yeah. Uh, for a yes. while, it was Cosby uh, from The Simpsons. The, you, the kids today the, the, with the rap music yeah. and the hippin' and the hopping. <laughs> Anything we could do to make Stephen basically wet his pants crying. That's laughter, it. That's the is, whole. That's the whole thing. Getting beaned. I mean, that's where that <laughs> yeah. came from. That was yeah. the whole point. Yes. You freaking morons! <laughs> so lately, we've just been doing the "How do you like me now?" I did it to my cat. I put it on internet uh, on Instagram. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So that's been fun for me. And then the other thing, I didn't get to talk about it last week because last week was potentially the last episode of Pro Wrestling Scripted. And by the way, that that threat yes. still stands. Vince McMahon, you right. se- you sell to Saudi Arabia. This show's done. And then you're going to have to deal with the legions of fans that are going to be upset there that this show's gone. Literally dozens. There are literally dozens. Who will not write you about it. That's correct. Yeah, we're lazy. 
Yeah. Uh, so are so are fans. That's why they never interact with us. Uh, anyway, right. no, 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 I kid. Michaela's always there and Zane Laney. Um, yes. And Nick Martin. Thank you, guys. Anyway, so uh, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, the, yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't get to say it last week because last week's episode was entirely about Vesper Van and Saudi Arabia, which right. we, which yeah, we yeah. have an update on that, too, unfortunately. But one thing yes. I, I didn't get to mention, and I want to mention it now when we're talking about things that I truly loved in wrestling – I have not watched the entirety of the Will Ospreay, uh, Kenny Omega match. I've heard it's one of the greatest matches of all time. I've only seen clips. I listened to Jim Cornette's uh, critique of it. He was actually very complimentary to Kenny Omega, which surprised me. Um, But the one thing that I do want to mention is something that absolutely made me smile and I loved was Kenny Omega's Sephiroth entrance. I don't know if you've oh, seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah. yeah. He, I forgot that that was just that last week. It seems yeah. like it was a long time ago for some reason. He comes out. He's got the Sephiroth costume on, the jacket and the armor. He uh, he holds one of his arms out, and on the screen behind him, the one black wing comes out, the one winged angel, and then they play Sephiroth's fucking music, one winged angel, which is I never realized was such a good wrestling entrance until I saw Kenny Omega do it, and I thought, God damn, I should have taken it. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. It was just top to bottom. It was amazing. Sephiroth. That that may be my favorite entrance I've ever seen in professional wrestling, and, and to me, it's amazing that um, that Square Enix you know, license that out for them to use. Cause you know, they can't obviously, right. obviously they just can't use it when they want to. God, it's not CCW. They don't do it without permission. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they got permission from square to do it. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So Dalton, if you're listening to this and you probably are, uh, I thought that was incredible. I know you already knew I, th- that I probably thought it was incredible. I don't watch a lot of new Japan pro wrestling or a- a- any wrestling, but I did watch that and I loved it. So that, that is something I absolutely uh, adored in wrestling in the past uh, week or two, which is good because it's been a pretty bleak couple of weeks in wrestling. Ever since yeah, Vince well, fucking yeah. McMahon came back and ruined it. We're going to talk about that a little bit. First off, we do want to mention, so we, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that yesterday uh, Jay Briscoe was in a car wreck. He was in a truck and with his two kids, and he was traveling down, uh, I believe, uh, the interstate or the highway. Uh, there was another truck coming the opposite way, and for unknown reasons, this truck that was driven by a 27-year-old woman, she went into the other lane and had a head-on collision with Jay Briscoe and his family. Jay was not wearing a seatbelt. Um, he unfortunately passed away, as did the driver of the other vehicle. His two kids... They were, for what it's worth, it apparently was not like like interstate or highway driving. It was, it was in town. It was in a place called Laurel, Delaware, where I, I assume they lived. Um... The, the police report says Laurel Road and Little Hill Road around 5.30. Um, but yeah, it, it was like an, an in-town deal. I knew something about that was catching my attention because um, his his school district, his well, his kids' school district, his, his girls, ah, he has daughters, which also just mm, messes me up. Um, the Laurel School District posted an announcement about it too. So it, was, that, it yeah. was in and around that area. Which... Uh, from from what somebody was saying online is the speed limit in that area is only 50 miles per hour. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Jay was not wearing a seatbelt. And his two yeah. kids were. So, you know, th- we, we don't know any details other than that. There's a lot of rumors floating around, a lot of speculation on right. this young woman that also passed away. And, you know, I, I saw on Reddit someone posted about it and mentioned that the woman that passed away was also a mother of children. 
and had been in an abusive relationship and was bettering her life. So a lot of people are jumping on this bandwagon of blaming her because she's the one that pulled into the other lane. She killed. She she killed them. You know, she killed him. Um, yeah, I think it's unfair to really point fingers like that at people and to demonize and make someone a villain accidents happen. We don't know the details The details may change a bit later and we can, and we can be right. more aggressive in who we point the blame at. But I think this early, it, it's more important to just mourn the loss of two people who have passed away and all these lives that is effective as opposed to pointing the, the finger and playing the blame game. Um, it, it's too early to do that. And you know, people died. This isn't a, this is not a black and white thing. People died. And that is the worst possible thing. You know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there really is no no getting around that part of it. And we talked about this a little bit briefly um, when it first came up last night that, that there's – I don't want to start immediately making comparisons because, again, we don't have all the details. But you know, right. when, when Steve-O passed away – or not Steve-O, jeez. Ryan Dunn. Uh, uh, Ryan Dunn, thank yeah. you. I was thinking of the jackass guys. When, when Ryan Dunn passed away, there was an immediate reaction of, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And, then, of course, it turns out he was on a rain slick road. He was intoxicated. He was going like 100 miles an hour. Um, and while I, I certainly then go, well, okay, clearly there's some, some, some fault and some blame to put there. Uh, it doesn't take away the fact that the guy's still gone. The right. person is still Someone gone lost there. their life. Yeah. So I'm certainly not suggesting that that's what Jay was doing. And I don't know what, what was going on. We don't have the details on that yet, but none of the details are really germane to the situation right now. He's not here. 38 year old guy who yeah. was hugely, hugely influential in this, this industry and was just by all accounts, a great person in general is gone and there's there's no getting around that and that his two young daughters his two young kids are right. now in critical condition uh one may never walk again so yeah this is just horrible all around and you yes. know one of the bad to pull back the curtain here a little bit for myself i know kaz who's probably not listening but kaz would agree with this Hunter, i think you would agree with this too is when you are in journalism, when, when you work in journalism and you cover stories all the time and you talk about like stuff like this all the time, it's easy to become very numb to these kind of things because you, you see it and you hear it constantly. I reported on, I don't I can't tell you how many deaths when I worked for the paper and when I was editor of the paper. Um, and then through the years, we've covered everything from uh, suicides to the, Par- uh, the, the, the Paris bombings, the, the terrorist, atta- terrorist attacks and all kinds of things. So it's easy to get numb to stuff like this, but... It's surprisingly for myself, and I and I assume you and Kaz, too, if you were on the show, when you hear something like this where someone loses their life and you've got two kids whose lives are forever changed, you you never get numb to that. You you never you never stop feeling and feeling bad about something like that. And it, it sickens me that there are people out there that can that there are people out there that see this as I don't know they'll turn it into a joke or a meme or something. I saw one. Um, it, it, it was on. It, it was it was a fake account for Brian Last, who was the co-host uh, with Jim Cornette over there on the the Drive Through Experience. They had basically Triple H had had talked about. You may have seen this. Triple H had put a tweet out saying that Jay Briscoe was you know so influential and uh, was yeah. an amazing talent. And the guy's question was, oh, he was so good you couldn't hire him in the past few years. You know what's up with that? And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You God. take this as a chance to take a jab at Triple H for not hiring a wrestler? Like, like ne- never mind the fact that, number one, we, off the top of my head anyway, we don't know that that was ever even an option, that that was ever put out there. Number two, we don't know that either party was interested in the other or that it had anything to do with that. We have no clue any of that is, is well, what, what the situation was there. But the most important part is none of that matters. None of it matters. None of that matters right now. In the that context totally of this. fucking irrelevant. Right. Yes. Right. 
So, you know, I didn't know this. I looked into this because I, I thought like you. I'm like, well, nobody knows that. Uh, well, it turns out I didn't know this, that according to the Briscoes and Jay Briscoe on Jericho's cruise, they actually had an offer from WWE and they declined it because they didn't want to work the schedule. Uh, but it was it was a mutual thing. No bad blood. Um, in fact, apparently AJ Styles music was originally written for the Briscoes, uh, much in the same way. Which oh. ma- it makes a lot of sense now that when you hear that song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. It makes a lot more sense. It, I was, it immediately started playing in my head and I was like, yep. Oh, that checks out. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, so. Like, oh, man. <laughs> now all I can think of is like, I know that's like totally not the point, but. You know, I assume that people who are making the Briscoes, because they will, they will continue to make the Briscoes in in games and stuff like of course, 2K22 yeah. and 23 and all that are giving them that theme. But I can picture, I can visualize yeah. the the entrance. God, that's cool. Yeah, it's and it's. It makes it sadder now. Yeah, it fits so well. <laughs> so yeah, so Jay Briscoe passed away. It's extremely sad. Uh, I don't know. I I don't have anything else to say about it. I I was not a huge Briscoe Brothers fan. I didn't watch a lot because I don't watch a lot of indie wrestling. I I am aware that they are fantastic, but you know, taking away, just stripping away from the wrestling aspect of it, a man lost, two people lost their lives, and two kids may forever be you know changed from it. I mean, definitely changed from it. They lost their fucking father. You know, there's your change. And then that woman, her kids lost their mother. That's the important thing. Wrestling is great, but that's the important thing. Right at the end of the day, this is this is people's lives. These are real people um, who who take away all the 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 fame or the infamy, however you want to present it. Um, none of that is relevant in that particular moment, and that's not to take away anything from from you know his legacy or or hers for that matter. I know we don't know much about this other person, um, but that again, like you said, that's not the important part. The important part is these are people who are not here anymore. They're not coming back. No. Uh, and and no matter what the situation was there, that's that's extremely unfortunate, and it's just so out of nowhere. I, I tell you, the thing that bugs me the most, and I I'm not normally like this, but I think it's because uh, it's so close. My birthday is one week from today. I'm mm-hmm. 38 years old. One week from today, Jay Briscoe was 38 years old. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind that he was that he did. Fucking I, young. I don't know how I. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what I, where I like what I assumed he was in age. I don't know where I thought he was. Um, but I definitely did not think we were basically the same age. Yeah, and that's that's terrifying. And yeah. I know you know it's a car accident. It's not like he, he right. passed away. So I have to you know look out for because I'm 38. But it just ah oh man, that's it so hits crazy. home. It it's it reminds yeah. you of your own mortality. You know the yeah, I think the absolutely. only the only way people get through their everyday lives is because they <clears throat> don't think about their mortality because you never think you're going to sure. die. You know what's I mean you know what's going to happen one day, but it's so far sure. away. That you don't think about it. Right. When in reality, death is literally around us all the time. Right. I was going to say, it's just certainly not the thing that you, like, you know, spend time concerning yourself with. I do. For a lot of reasons. Well, <laughs> that, that's. <laughs> We've so, had enough discussions about this lately. No, no, legitimately, legitimately bringing this up, and I'm not going to harp on this. This is not this show for it, but I. I I am a I'm a very fearless person. I am. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to talk to somebody. I'm not afraid to take chances. I'm not afraid to take risks. I mean, look at my whole life. My whole life has been you know chances. But the one thing I am truly afraid of is dying. Like I, to the point that you can ask Lindsay this when we were to you know living together and 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 sharing a bed. Um, I she would have to comfort me throughout the night because I would be so paranoid about death and getting older and dying because I'm so scared of dying because I don't want to die. I don't want to not exist. It's kind of the only thing I do properly you know like literally i've done i've lived never thought of it 
that way. Perfectly. Like, I don't want to not do this. It's the only thing I can figure out. Yeah. It's the only thing I have any control over. Thankfully, <laughs> therapy and medication has made it, you know, not as bad. I don't I don't yeah. stress about it all the time. But stuff like this does remind me, like, dude, you're going to die one day. And you might not have 20, 30 years from now. You might have two. You might have three. You could have a week. So... This this goes yep. back to that that age, that that old saying you know like live every day like it's your last because it might be right. so you know don't be afraid to ask that person out that no. you like don't be afraid to sign up for a wrestling school if you want to be a wrestler like fucking live your life you really have to yeah. anyway that's do not the things thing. you want to do because you won't be able to at some point right and you don't want to look back and go <laughs> man I wish I had done that you know or not be around to look back at all yes. And that leads us to the other bad story of the week and the other super negative. Let's just get it out of the way because this one's ultra concerning. Uh, you probably saw, I think you you may have posted this in the chat or you were, you were Asa. Uh, big Sexy, Kevin Nash, of course, his son Tristan passed away about uh, yeah. three months ago. <clears throat> yeah, and, it's been, I think he said 12 weeks. So yeah. yeah, it's been right around three weeks or three months. He was on his podcast, Click This with Sean Oliver, and he said this. Today is week 12 that I lost my boy. Time flies when you got a gun in your mouth. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. Sean Oliver, who I, I'm not a big fan of Sean Oliver. I watch like the, the all the interviews that he's done. He just seems kind of sleazy. But he said, don't play like that. You have guns. You can't say those things. He's absolutely right in a situation like that. And Kevin Nash replied, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do long as I leave a note. That is extremely concerning. That, yeah. you know, man, I don't, I don't know what to say about well, it. And- it doesn't go. It doesn't end there. Without it in front of me, I mean, he does go on to say basically, like you wake up, you realize yeah. there are no longer three people in your house. There are two. One of them is gone. He's not, not going back. At a friend's house, he's not going to work. He's just not coming back. And he he ended that by saying, and then you go. So what am I getting out of bed for? Like what what am I getting up for? Um, to which I mean, because again, we don't want to dwell too much on the on the the downtrodden part of it. Uh, I would like to to respond to Kevin Nash for that, and I mean this sincerely. He's never going to hear this, but I hope that he he would in some way. Why are you getting out of bed for the other two people? You already said it. You're getting out of bed for those two people, and actually, you're getting out of bed for three people because it's those two and yourself. That's why. The, the this person does not want you to, or would not want you to, then be in that situation because of them. What what yeah. happened with his son was absolutely tragic and awful, um, but I'm certain that the intended outcome <clears throat> was not for Kevin to do what he what he alluded to here. Not to right. say that he's suggesting he's going to do it, but the the illusion, the the suggestion, the idea. That's not it. Oh, I think you muted yourself. <laughs> you, you muted yourself. I was literally wiping something off my touchpad, and I heard it. Yeah. Um, why do you get out of bed? You get out of bed for for yourself and those other two people. I mean, so I, I hope that he recognizes that. As as somebody that makes comments like this pretty often and has had more than one person pull me aside, professionally especially, and say, "Look, the, some of the things you're saying concern us." Um, I get it. I do. You know, sometimes I say things because that that's my way of dealing with it. My way of taking the power away from the things that I'm afraid of is to talk about them, make fun of them, joke about them. Not everybody gets that. Some people get more concerned than others. Um, when my mom passed away in 2007, it was the worst thing at that time and still probably, all things considered, yeah, definitely, still the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I, 
it, it was hard to process. It was hard to deal with the fact that this person that I love so much was gone. And like Kevin Nash said, they weren't coming back. She's not, you know, she didn't move away. She's not at the store. She's just gone. I'll never talk to her again. But the one thing that I realized even then, and I still hold to this day, and, and I agree with you, and I'm, I just wanted to touch on that point you made, is that these people that you lose, that you love so much, the last thing they would want to do is become a painful memory for you. They don't want to, they would never want to drive you to do something terrible to yourself or to other people. Um, when I die, and I mean this, you know, whether it's, you know, a year from now or 20 years from now, whatever, I truly hope everyone laughs and loves and celebrates. I don't want anyone to be sad when I'm dead. I don't want anyone to, you know, sit here and go woe is me or, or be so miserable because I'm not around anymore. I want them to celebrate my life, to celebrate the fact that I was here. And maybe I maybe I made everybody laugh a little bit and, and you know, I, I made someone feel good about themselves and I made them feel loved. And they can spread that out, you know, to the rest of the world. They can pay it forward. I, I don't want yeah. my death to ever be someone's misery. And I know that's easy to say and hard to do because death is inherently sad because you don't want to lose somebody and we all lose somebody at some point, but it it should never be a, uh, that big of a scar that it drives you to, you know, even joke about ending your own life. I, I would never <laughs> – this is going to sound awful. I don't know how I'm going to say this without it sounding awful, so I'm just going to say it. I would never take my own life because of somebody else. If if it ever happened, it would be because of me. And I know that sounds awful. And I know that sounds awful. I'm sorry. But, like, I, I would never kill myself because my mom is gone. I would never kill myself because someone broke up with me or something like that. Because, you know, you don't want to put that shit on somebody else. If they're still alive, especially, you don't want to put that shit on somebody else because that is not their fault. That is not their responsibility. And that could fuck someone up horribly. And even if they're gone and they're not around to be there whenever you could potentially do something like that, like, you don't want that to be the lasting legacy you have with your son or your mother or whatever, is that they're gone and now you're gone because of it. So. I know Kevin Nash is never going to hear this, obviously. Kevin Nash is a big star. He ain't got time for a little podcast like us. But I, I agree with you, and I hope he finds some kind of peace and solace, and I hope he can move past it and just come out the better. That's my wish, truly. Yeah, exactly. That's I, that's all you can hope for when someone's in a, in a situation like that is that um, for all we can do to, to make those things prevalent, they have to realize it themselves, mm-hmm. and they have to realize that they want it themselves too. And, you know, it had not really dawned on me that it was not that long ago this happened. It was only three months. So it's understandable that that three months, I mean, to be fair, it would be understandable anytime for him to still feel like that. You know, this is, I hesitate to say it's not comparable because it is to me, but for some people it's not. So bear with me on this. When Parker passed last year, I, I a lot of people will go, dog, person, they're not the same thing. Eh. Okay. You, they're not. To right. me, they are. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. That's just. My wife and I are not having kids. We said this for a love is love. Years. So yeah. any, right. Any, any thing that we bring into our house that we treat that way is going to be, you know, thought of that same way. Yeah. Um, am I, am I going to act like neither one of us ever was like, I don't know what to do without him around here. I really don't uh, No, because we, we did both of us had those moments of like, what do you do? Mm. What do you do now with this person? And, and, and people would legitimately say to you, just get another one. Just yeah. get another, another difference. You know, just get another one. Just get another like, one. Yeah, just, you know, just, just, and I, I recognize that, yes, like, store. when you're talking about, right, when you're talking about an animal versus a person, you literally can just go get, I, I could go have a dog today if I wanted one, you know. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's not the same thing. It's, it's not just not. No. And, you know, yes, three months after that happened at the very end of, of March, three months after that, there were times in the summer that I distinctly remember being like, God, I wish he was still here. Like, like this is the time. This is the perfect time of year when we get to sit around and hang out with him. 
it, we're now coming up on one year of that, and there are times that I still go, I just miss him. I just wish yeah. he was here. You know, like I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing when I'm just laying here and he's not like laying beside me or on me or one begging me to go outside or whatever. Um, now, I'm not used to not so, hearing the barking still. <laughs> a year later, the growling. You know, yeah. My favorite part is what I do still hear, it and I go, okay, you're you're still around here somewhere, aren't that's you? That's a different show. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a different show. I want, I want to hear the barking. Yes, uh, coming soon. But, uh, but, but, but my point being, going back to that, that like it, it is totally understandable to still feel like that. The important part is that you you don't act on it in that way. That the acting on it is instead, let me talk to somebody. Let me get this out of my system. Let me find a, a healthy way to engage in that and and take it and make it mean something that isn't just further down into the pit yeah that that's all i mean that's all there is to it yeah you have but like i'm, you no, s- I'm no therapist and i don't want to pretend like i am but that's the only way that i know to make it work for me and well, i i think it works for others too it's like you said you have to want to you know and it's it's so much easier to it's so much easier to just sit in that the, to wallow in that misery you know, it's it's easy to just sit there and do nothing. But I, Kevin Nash is one of the smartest guys I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Uh, he's incredibly intelligent, and I hope that he's smart enough to to do that to get help. And if this is just a one off joke, it was a little too far. It made me uncomfortable when I read it. And this is coming from a guy that makes uncomfortable jokes. Like <laughs> the name of my last rap album was "Why Am I Still Alive." You know, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We did we did produce that. Parker was on that album. Parker was on that. So was uh, who else was on that album? Hack Silver. Hack Silver. Native American Jolan. <laughs> the best yeah. wrestlers. Man, I'll never forget this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it. I know I've mentioned it on this show before. I don't know if he still listens, but but Jake, Danny, Danny, Jake. Uh, the, do you remember when we, when we started posting that album? He messaged me and was like, "Is he for real? Like, he can't do this. <laughs> he can't These say are that. real songs. He can't just go start doing that." I'm like, "No, he's doing it. Yeah, it's done. He already it's did done. it. It's so underground, you can't even find it." He was dead serious. He very much was concerned about how much we were going to have copyright lawyers up our ass about the new album. Hey, you know what? Eight years of stealing music on the show and no one said anything yet. So. Well, except uh, who were the first ones that were like, no, 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 you got to take oh, that Oh, a couple people did say that, yeah. Was um, it Konami? Konami, I think, jumped in and was like, mm, you got to. And Toei with some of the artwork. They were like, that looks similar to but legally distinct from Godzilla. Gonzala. It's Gonzala. What do I think? I don't know. Gonzala. <laughs> we got the horse time horse and now we've got Gonzala. You just named him. <laughs> The peak performance horse. <laughs> That's peak horse performance right there. All right, let's stop. Let's stop with all the negative. <laughs> this is kind of negative. Hey, Vince McMahon did something. Probably, what did he do? Vince McMahon. Uh, when we when we last left this the whole little soiree, we were lining up buyers for WWE, right? And I think the last major thing we talked about was that the cons. Uh, that is Tony Khan and his father had thrown their name in. Uh, I said a million times then, there's no way they're going to let them buy it. I'm, I stand by that. That's not going to happen. Uh, but people got very excited about, oh, AEW is going to buy WWE. I, I'll eat my hat, all right? I'll, I'll buy a nacho hat like Homer if I have to. But <laughs> if that happens, I'll be nacho, nacho, <laughs> man. Um, 
So they're still trying to line up buyers. I, I don't remember all of the legal details of it from this past week. At the last time that we had talked, Stephanie had already resigned. Uh, somebody else who'd been with the company for like 20-something years, some communications director just resigned yesterday out of nowhere. Three, three hey, people, apparently. Three people have resigned. No. Yeah. There's, it's definitely related. Um, and Vince has also made it such that he no longer needs stockholder approval to do anything, which I know... <sighs> Someone tried to explain it somewhere as a, like, okay, but this, like, with what he's already doing, this is not new information. He didn't do anything new there. That's not some, like, I am the Senate type move. Like, <clears throat> he already didn't need stockholder approval to try to sell the company. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I read it in a very Chief Wiggum mentality of, like, enough of your Borax, Poindexter. <laughs> like, this is a company's we, money's at stake. Right. We, <laughs> we need action. <laughs> um, I, I remember reading it and just thinking, okay, but still, like, come on. The Vince McMahon headline that you want to read in 2023 after he votes himself back into the company. During puts the Vince his own election. Back on the board. Yes, puts his own people back onto the board, becomes executive chairman again, brings in even more of his own people, gets rid of more people he doesn't want, and then says, I no longer need stockholder approval to do whatever I want. Not to, oh, oh, and the, to the icing on the cake. Last week at the the little talent meetings they were having after or before Raw and SmackDown, Triple H made a big point of saying, "I am still in creative control. No one is taking that from me. No one is talking about taking that from me. I am still in creative control." This week, <clears throat> it's the same thing, but with a slight twist. I don't know if you heard this. He's now phrasing it as Vince might have ideas, but I have the final say. That is not the same thing as I am in creative control. That, I, is, that does not. That is not the same thing because that means that Vince McMahon is already making suggestions. He I, would not have said that if Vince was not already making suggestions. I did not know that because I also my point that I was going to make on here is that you know Vince is un, disliked in the company when you have to have two separate meetings to assure your wrestlers he's not coming back. Yeah. That's how Just bad it is. The fact that he's back in the company. Just right. he's back involved at all. Did, but they have to go to the talent and go, it's going to be okay. It's going to be cool. It's going to be all He's, right. Uh, read the fucking room, man. Not, man. Read the not fucking okay. room. And again, there's no way. To me, it reminds me of that. What's that warning that's like the infamous warning on the chainsaw that's like, do not place hand or a blade near hand or genitals? Okay, that means somebody did that. They right. don't just put that on there randomly. Yeah. Triple H is not changing his tune from Vince is not in control to he might have ideas, but I have the final say just randomly. What that 100% means is that Vince is making suggestions, uh, which, knowing Vince, are not suggestions. They're demands, and Triple H is going, okay, and then he's parsing through them. Now, he might not be taking any of them yet, Well, he's listening. Someone mentioned that, someone mentioned that, isn't it kind of ironic that Vince is back and all of a sudden Omos is back in a, in a big role? Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. I'll tell you, okay. It's 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 an offshoot of that, but one thing I do want to talk about from Raw because I didn't watch the whole thing, but one thing I do think might be good for that um, coming out of a lot of this is that the so there's been this big like I guess rumors not the right way to put it they, they've hinted at the Hurt business getting back together yes. right Lashley is turning heel MVP seemingly is is doing him some favors Omos is back under his control uh, I read a little theory that I kind of like honestly. So last night there was a match between Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin and the Street Profits, and MVP came out for that match, seemingly scouting Cedric and Shelton right to get their business back together. But Cedric and Shelton lost again. 
Like, they're not doing well as a team, and they're not getting anything accomplished. If you remember, the Hurt Business broke up the first time because they were failing Lashley and MVP. What if MVP was scouting the Street Profits? That they're makes certainly sense. not doing anything right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys have kind of just been floundering. Like, they're a very talented and, and interesting act in the sense that they, Montez, in particular, can get himself over but they're not doing anything. They right. certainly don't have tag titles because the Usos have those locked up. There's no interesting feuds for them to have on Raw. So what if instead MVP was scouting the next generation, the Hurt Business 2.0, and you've got Lashley, the Street Profits, and Omos, who can kind of hide behind, behind the more talented ones and become just more of an old-school enforcer, like a Kali type, who doesn't really wrestle matches and just kind of comes out and gets people out of the way. He's an enforcer, yeah. I don't, I don't hate that. I don't either. I don't hate that entirely. Um, I could do with less Omos on my TV in general, except my wife really likes him, so that's well, fun. You know, if, <laughs> she's just like he's so big. Like, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Him. What, from what, what I've seen is Omos really isn't that terrible. He had a pretty decent match with uh with a uh, Braun Strowman in yeah. Saudi Arabia. I heard because of course I didn't watch he's it. Cer- he's certainly not Kali. I mean, I made no. the reference there just based on the size. Kali was a terrible wrestler. Always was a terrible wrestler. Nothing against the guy. He seems like a nice dude, but he was there because he was very big. Um, Omos at least has some some talent, some training, and can can bump a little bit and and do some stuff. It looks believable when he's beating people up. He's not doing that stupid-ass chop. Oh, my God. The brain chop. So bad. I I don't hate that either, other than the fact that I just want Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin to have more stuff to do because I like them so much. But, yeah. I I, do. I get it. I get yeah. it. And that would be an interesting twist if Cedric and Shelton were like, oh, hey, you know, we're back in this. And MVP's like, well. Who's we? Who's we? <laughs> yeah, I don't hate the idea of maybe moving those guys to the opposite show. They they would be good draft picks, uh, even if you just split them up and just kind of let them be. Triple H has never been averse to when he was running NXT and is now running you know, the main roster. He's never been averse to having guys who really are very clearly never going to be the main guys on the show, but they're good hands to help get other people over. Alpha Academy has made this crazy switch from, from heels to faces. They're yeah. still not going to win anything. They're still not going to get anything done. But they're lovable. But they're helping these other teams get over right. You want to watch them, even if you know they're not going to win anything anytime soon. What a waste Otis was. Not Otis himself, because I think he's talented, but like at one point... Sure. Otis was the underdog who won the money in the bank, had Mandy Rose at his side. God bless her. Remember her? Uh, apparently, she said she hasn't had a single conversation. She's never had a conversation with Triple H after she got fired, she said. Yeah. She's just done. They closed the door on her completely. I, you want to talk about litmus tests of when Vince is back in control? How soon she's back? Yeah. How soon she comes back? Absolutely. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. to be fair to her, I think she should be back. I don't think she should have been fired in the first place, personally. You know, right, personally. but if Triple H is taking that level of a hard... If Triple H and Shawn Michaels, for the record, are taking yeah. that level of a hard line stand against bringing her back, if she shows back up, it's Vince's doing. Yeah. I, w- I would believe nothing. Well, especially it. if they bring back Johnny Ace, which they won't, because someone someone had to take the fall. Someone had to take the fall for that, and it's not going to be Vince fucking McMahon. Where is... For all the shit people talk about cancel culture, where is your cancel culture? Vince McMahon, I, uh, he left for about 10 minutes... He's come back stronger than ever, and no one can stop him. Where's your cancel culture? It was never a thing. It was never a fucking thing. It was just, you know, people were expressing dislike for a thing other people like, and they, well, you can't cancel it. It's not what that is. Um, I did come back a thundering hero. To put a little bow on this, one of my favorite uh, things that I read recently, and I'm certain it was in Squared Circle, but I don't remember who said it, uh, was that um, 
WWE, especially with Vince coming back in and like somebody having to take the fall for his transgressions and all this other shit, has become so much like the HBO Succession uh, show Succession that I really hope that they do a wrestling themed Succession and call it Submission. Like I want to see, <laughs> I want to see that show. Show me the McMahon Empire, but from that that vantage point. I think they had a Vice show about Vince, a document. Excuse me, a documentary. I don't know how well it's done. Very much evolving is what I had heard. <laughs> they're 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 changing it. It's like, oh, the hell you say? Yeah, they're basically they're writing it every week. They're like, just, right. yeah, it's like South Park. When it comes out, they're like, this thing is seven thousand pages long. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? I watched the newest Brian Zane. Shout out to Brian Zane. Dalton, thank you. Uh, Brian Zane's new video of the best of wrestling in 2022. And at the very end, he the number one thing he put for best thing in wrestling for 2022 was that Vince McMahon was gone. So he talked about yeah. that. And then the, it freeze-framed and Brian Zane came on to there again. It was like, okay, I recorded this a couple weeks ago. And now everything's changed. So then he goes into the big thing of like, now Vince is back. He's doing this. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen between when I record this and the episode actually goes live. So like, yeah, it's been a constant state of change when the story of Vince yeah. McMahon in the past couple of uh, weeks. So, ugh, ugh. how do you like him now? <laughs> I don't. I continue to not like him. Well, unless you got anything else, I'm ready to wrap this motherfucker up. Let's do it. That's all we got. That's all we I, got. I feel like at the very least, uh, it, it's weird in a way mm-hmm. that we had a lot of downturn, a lot of downcast stories this week, but I feel less, um, la- boy, last week was very much like, this is it. We're on the fucking press. We're like, done. It, it we're done. Down, Pull the Pull plug. The plug. <laughs> this week, it very much feels like more of a return to form. Like, I no longer feel like we're, obviously, again, seriously, if the Saudis buy WWE, we're out. We're done. That's it. You'll never hear from us on this show again. Um, but I feel less like we're on the the edge of that, and more of just a yes. Some awful things happened. Yes, they weren't all directly about wrestling. They were wrestling tangential or related. But this this is what I think you can expect from us on a more regular basis, or what you should. This is a more of a return to form. What we used. To. Hopefully, hopefully, or the show will be over. God willing. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with an all-new After Dark. I'm sure Lindsay has a wonderful top five for us this week. I'm sure she will soon, because <laughs> I <laughs> doubt she does right now. <laughs> Very much so. And then Friday, uh, there might be some horses. They may be running. We'll see what happens. But Eventually. Until then, for myself, for Double H, uh, guys, please, please be safe out there. Take care of yourselves, please. We will see you this week for all-new episodes. Yep. Hunter, take us out. Five-figure death punches, music for divorced Bob Hollies. How do you like him now?